Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it, you should go over there and start using it now. Ernest, what's going on? Traditional universities are outdated and don't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. They just teach you how to become an employee. You go to school for four years and you leave with nothing but debt. But here at EYL University, our curriculum is much different. Our university teaches you real world skills that you can use to gain financial freedom right away. In traditional universities, you learn from professors that have never did what they teach, and they teach you how to become an employee. At our university, we use instructors that are currently successful in a specific field that they teach, and they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. For a limited time only, you can join EYL University for 25% off of the annual membership. Learn about stocks, credit, real estate, crypto, and more. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up to become an earner. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over there now. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop, backdrop. Backdrop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is a special episode for us. We are in lovely Los Angeles. Uh, and um, of you. Yeah. <laughs> LA, LA. <laughs> yes, so anytime we get a chance to connect with entrepreneurs, it's always an honor and a pleasure. But this has backstory to it, and we love the backstory. So um, Mark Cuban, shout out to Mark. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mark, how you doing? <laughs> the first of our billionaire editions. The first, the first billionaire to come on our platform. And he when he came on EYL, he spoke about a company that he invested in called Twisted Up. And he gave the whole story. He talked about the founder Noel. And um fast forward a year and some change. Um, we are interviewing the partners of that company, Twisted Up, Noel and Ace. So not only are they the first company that have been on Shark Tank mm -hmm. that have been on EYL, 
Hey, we the first. Breaking news alert. What up, mom? Ground. Yeah. They're also, I believe, the first company that we've had that have hair products, right? In the hair industry. First company, yeah. We had Wade, who has some products. Yeah, but he's a barber. This, yeah, he's a barber. This is different. Oh, Wade the barber? Yeah. You know oh, bro, yeah, that's oh. my dude, man. <laughs> you know what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I met him when I was first starting the Bronner Brothers in the 2017. He was just starting the hair units, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> just yo. For the record. <laughs> yo, he's he's dope. Man. Shout out to Wade. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Wade. Wade. Cool, yeah. Shout out to Wade. Wade but, Mendez. But the yeah. hair industry is a billion dollar industry, especially for black people. Yep. Facts. Black women, black men, um, huge, huge industry, unfortunately. We don't own vast majority of hair products, the hair industry. All the salons. Um, even though we spend so much money on it. So this is going to be a dope, dope conversation. Um, so first and foremost, thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank and you for thank having, you for us, having us. Yep. Yeah. What an introduction, man. <laughs> so let's. Go. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. EYL, Noble Peace Prize, 2024. Make it happen. Put it out there. There you have it, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So um, let's get into this. I want to talk about Twisted Up. And but before that, I want to just go into back. But I just want to preference it. So twisted up, you guys have like tennis rackets on your yes, shirt. So indeed. oh, I'm glad you got uh, it. Yeah, you have you know, it. Fits in your pocket. Stay. So so that all right. So before we get into the backstory, tell me what this is. What is this? Um, it was something that birthed out of necessity to help me twist my hair, right? Um, to wear your hair natural. Um, as you know, as a culture, uh, outside of braids, cornrows, dreadlocks, there wasn't really anything that we had that can to wear my hair naturally. And I was using a competitive product, a curl sponge, and you know we get a lot of rap that we don't like curl sponges. Like I love curl sponges, and if you're going to yeah. use one, like I would give one a shout out. Use yeah. New Dread because he's the founder. He's the one that started it. The Black owned the original, and he's been knocked off, and it's just sad. I just wanted something that was a little bit better, more hygienic, something that can clean, fits in your pocket. Because when you go to a club and they say take off your hat. Still like, look good. My hair is mad, yep. bro. I wanted yeah. to figure out how to do my hair. It's tough to go to a club with a sponge. Correct. They're going to patch you down. Like, what is that, bro? Correct. Exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted something that was sleek, something that can be clean, fits in your pocket, and I didn't have to replace it as much. Yeah. So, all right. How did you come up with the idea? Because if you're listening to audio, you can't see it. It is a... It, the best way I can describe it, it looks like a tennis racket without yeah. uh, without a handle. Yeah, yeah it's just uh -huh. a small. You sh you shrink it, man. It's a it's a small tennis racket. So how what what did you? <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looks like it could be like a a, a badminton racket Facts. for table yeah. tennis. Bro, I was yeah, using, yeah, for, <laughs> for ping pong. I was, <laughs> I was using a tennis racket for about three years to do my hair. So, so you were walking around with a tennis racket? Uh, I bought three of them. I had one in my car, one in the gym, and one at my girl's house. So <laughs> no, this is this true story. This this is actually how we met. So how did you get that? I, I love entrepreneurship because it's all about innovation and innovation and things that people, you got to have an imagination to be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So. Oh, I can't take credit for that, bro. My cousin, my cousin came in. With the tennis racket? It, like, bro, it was an after midnight conversation. Um, probably had one too many, you know, something. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me, came in. He's like, bro, did you know that you can get your hair twisted with a racket? So can you, can you show how you do this? Yeah, bro. You can, uh, you just pick out your hair or. You just literally just go in a circle, uh, and it just makes these twists, man. Like it, it's, it just twist it up. How your hair is twisted right now? Yeah, yeah, from an afro to a twist. We got before and after shots. You can go on YouTube. We got a bunch of videos that show about it, um, and it's just it's just crazy. Like uh, 
the story is just man yeah i, I mean so like you're like a real rat i used to teach phys ed yeah i use a, a real tennis racket and so like you're going to stores with the racket like you're going out at night like i'm gonna have a racket in my car and so i had one in my car yeah <laughs> so like when when we first met he was like yo um we were playing basketball at 25 i was giving them buckets by the way <laughs> preference lies yeah. <laughs> um he was like yo how do you get your hair this way and at the time, I was toying with the idea of shrinking it. And I was like, bro, like, I, I'm going to tell you this because you're cool, but you can't tell, like, nobody, right? Because okay. I'm trying to figure this out. He's like, all right, what, what is it? I mean, you know, we went to the locker room. And, and you put the I felt like we head. was doing, yeah. like, some illegal stuff. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> me to the locker room real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to show you. Without the tennis racket, bro. Because for me, it was a necessity, man. Yeah. Like, I... I I wanted to wear my hair naturally and I was tired of putting the texturizers in my hair and I just, I wanted my hair to be done and it worked. Like in, in a minute, two minutes, my hair was like done. Nice. And for a culture, without my hair being short, yeah. I've never had that. Like even picking out my hair hurts, right? I've never had a way to just to take off my hair, take off my hat and just. So previously for you to get your hair to that, you would have to do it yourself and twist it? Oh no! I, I, I sponge. used to, I used to sponge. Yeah, the thing, yeah. the thing with the yeah, yeah, our kids using. Like, yeah, I think now you, now my only thing is that when it's in the gym bag or it's everywhere, like you ever just thought, like since the dawn of time, like have you ever seen like a black sponge? Like the reason why a crow sponge is black is just because it hides the dirt. And again, I'm, I'm not talking like messing the company. Like I love the product. Without it, I never would have created it. Right, but I just needed a better mousetrap for me. I was replacing it way too much. Um, I was spending somewhere north of like 30 to 40 bucks on a haircut every two weeks. And then I was spending anywhere between 10 to $15 on a sponge every 10 days. So in a month, I'm spending yeah. 100 bucks on my hair. And it's just crazy. Yeah, when they do it in a barbershop, I'm not sure if it's the, you know, the most hygienic, hygienic. thing to yeah. do, right? Because it's like, you get a cut, they put the sponge in my head. Yeah, my son gets a cut, they put the sponge in his head. You can't clean it. You across can't clean the, it after across you Across the it. United States, yeah. every state has a fine. Or we using it in the state of California? It's a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. So you can't use. So if he gets a cut, they have to use a new one for me. Correct. Oh. If, they, if they get caught reusing it, yeah, uh, it's a two hundred and fifty dollar fine in the state of California. Every single state has a fine. So all right, yeah, because my son doesn't use this one. He just picks his hair out. You never used it before? No. Um, so Macomb, bro, I get you one. So uh, <laughs> the house. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, so this is like the new Afro pick. In a, in it's sense. the modern day Afro pick, bro. Modern it's, day Afro pick, but it gets you the curls at the top. It gets you the yeah. curls in the. But that's the look that everybody wants these that's days. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of. I think it was like a, a Nick Young, like Swaggy P, when he had it like that, and then I think Usher, 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 Usher on the, the his, South yeah South his album, West. yeah, yeah, the burst fade. Yeah, mm. all, all the all the ball players have their hair like that. It's like. How big can you have it now? Because I see some dudes in here. It's like Joel Embiid. It's like SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Joel Embiid. Yeah. Probably one of the freshest like Sasha Bob. Like they, 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 they but see, some the of them, when they, when they that yeah. long, though, you don't really, when it's that long, you don't have to maintain it. But when you got hair Just like our Atlanta. size, yeah. like if I have an afro and I go to bed, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be, yeah. you know, half my hair going to be pushed to the you side. You do this long enough, it'll turn into dreads. Yep. Yeah. Correct. So, That's starting point. All right. So let's get into this story. So, all right. You have the idea. You, you realize that it's not the most efficient thing to have a tennis racket. You have the idea to, to shrink it into what Correct. it is now. So what are the steps? Because a lot of entrepreneurs have ideas, but getting it off the ground is the hard part. What are the steps that you took to take the idea from your head to a product? You ready? Ready? Ready. Here's a secret. All right. Google. Okay. Mm. Google and YouTube. That is it. I am, I am not. I'm very good with numbers. That's the only thing that I would give myself that I'm like great at. I'm not an engineer. I, go, I Googled on YouTube, like, the hell out of it. 
Um, and what happened was that I was trying to figure out a way how to shrink it. Nothing came up. And right after Shark Tank, this, uh, before I was on, I was just watching it. Um, this show came on, like how to invent something. And it was talking about 3D printing. I was like, what the heck is mm. 3D printing? I go to Google. What is 3D printing? It talks about you need a CAD drawer. I was like, all right, cool. Go to Craigslist. CAD drawers for hire. What is that? What's a CAD drawer? Uh, a CAD drawer is, is a CAD drawer is like a digital image that will give to the printer, a 3D printer that will allow to print whatever you're trying to like okay. do. So it's like the blueprint for the 3D printer. Okay. So I go to Craigslist and I try to find a CAD drawer for hire and I interview like maybe five or six. Um, I vibe with one. I tell him what I need. He tells me like, yo, give me the dimensions. I give him the dimensions. I go, I want it to fit in my pocket, measure my back pocket. Can't be this big. Has to be a little bit smaller. Send it to him, pay him his money. He sends me the file. Then I go to Google, 3D print shop near me. And I find a print shop near me. I go, we print it out, go to a tennis racket store, get it hand strung, and then done. So mm. this was made in a 3D printer? No, the not original? this. The, the original? The, the original. The, original one. the original one is this big, bulky one. I still have it. It was hand strung. They first, like, what, 2000? The first like two, three thousand combs oh, yeah. were yeah. hand shrunk. Yeah, so hand shrunk. It looked like an actual tennis. It looked like an actual like instead of having the stainless steel wire mesh, yeah. it was actually say. like hand shrunk um, in a tennis shop. So what? So for like if anybody's ever played tennis, if you haven't, that's like the wiring that correct the nylon strings and nylon strings. And so you switched to stainless steel. Why? Because I couldn't scale and it was costing too much. Okay. So and initially. I never wanted to turn Twisted Up into like a business because I didn't know how big it could be. And I wasn't going to leave like a six-figure job to start something that I thought was very niche, right? It was for African-Americans, African-Americans that have hair mm -hmm. that want to wear their hair a certain way. Like how big is this market? And it wasn't until my barber gave me a call and said, yo, I just got fined. If you don't turn it into a business, I'm going to. So then January of 2017, I did a hair show in Long Beach, yeah. uh, sold out. Then I went to Bronner Brothers, sold out, uh, did BarberCon in March, sold out. And then the Connecticut Barber Expo in April, sold out. And it, after I sold out at four shows, I just turned off the faucet and real estate and mortgages and made this a These are the thing. top hair shows in the country? Uh, by far. For like, if you're trying to do like any type of barbering show, yeah. um, I would say the last three for sure. Uh, definitely BarberCon in New York. It's a great platform. I love it. Um, Connecticut Barber Expo and Browner Brothers. If you're trying to do anything for the culture, so the the initial barber that you showed, you had the was it this prototype or were you? No, it was it was the actual the prototype. Actual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. can I can send you a photo of it, bro. It's or a, a video of me using and, it. And they knew like this is it. This is gonna be genius. Yeah, he was like, yo, you you. I just got fine, bro. You gotta you gotta sell this. And if you don't sell this, then we're gonna have a problem. Mm. So I did it. So you had a uh, you, you want to go. Okay. No, I was saying you, you you had kind of breezed over it, but you had a six figure job. Yeah, you were work. You had real estate. I have real estate and mortgages. Yeah. A lot of times people think that you know what I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna quit my job <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna start this journey. That wasn't your path. Why? Never. It was never my path. Why'd you take that route? My my mother. So <laughs> God, hey mom, don't don't hate me. Uh, shout, I love, to, shout out to Trinidad. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a West Indian, right? So like academics are huge. It's very used and uh, you have to go to school or get out. So when I decided to drop out of college, um, I did not know what I wanted to do with my life, but I know I didn't want to live at home with my mom because I didn't want to be told what to do. That dynamic just didn't work out. I feel like every man gets to a point where they're just like, 
stop telling me what to, <laughs> what to do, right? right, right so right. Um, my fear of going back home drove me. So <clears throat> I was a server. I saved up enough money for me to move out and never go back. And then I had a goal. And I was like, yo, before I hit 25, I'm going to have $100,000 in my bank account. How can I do that? Work three serving jobs, live off one, save the other two. So I did that more than I wanted to party. I did that more than I wanted to buy Jordans. I did that more than I wanted to hang out. Like I had no life for two and a half years and I saved $100,000. So by the time I hit 25, I had it in my bank account and then I ventured off to real estate. And that was my, that was my principle. Like I would, I will always have X amount of dollars in my account, but the rest of the money is for me to experiment. And I just started gaining this confidence that to try new things, I just kept doing it. So I would never fully quit anything. I must have cash flow coming in. Mm-hmm. So it was the same thing with Twisted Up. Not until I did four shows and sold out, I wasn't going to just go quit, but I had some money that I can go figure out and test the waters and see how big I can make this. So, all right. When you start the company, how much money did it take to, to get the company off the ground? And what was your, uh, what was your first initial push uh, as far as marketing? Um, I can tell you this. Uh, without Ace, this, this probably wouldn't have been as big as it is because he worked for me for free for a year. Mm. Like, Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we, didn't, we didn't know it was going to be this big. It was just one of them things where, you know, like you got a best friend and you got somebody that got an idea. And every time he's just like, hey, you know, I got this coming up or I got a video or uh, that one time when you had no units. And we was in the warehouse. Oh, to like a.m. We had to sneak in the warehouse and work in the warehouse to like 2 a.m., 4 a.m. Like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. shifts just to make enough units just so we have enough for the shows that we're doing. Yeah. So you, you guys known each other since... Like childhood or? No, no, just. 2017, 2016? 2016, 2015. Yeah, somewhere around there. So when I met him at the gym, that was when like Twizzle Up was just getting started. Oh, when he was giving him buckets? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I I was giving him buckets. We're going to change this narrative right now. All right, so. Um, But like north of 100K. 100K. (laughs) North of 100K. North of 100K. So, um, all right. So you start with six figures from your own personal savings. Yeah. And that's to actually manufacture it in bulk. Uh, right? To buy the molds. The patent was expensive. Trademark was expensive. Um, yeah. All right. So what's the process of getting something patterned? So when you, when you apply for a patent, you first obviously need a lawyer, and then you need to know what lane you want to go down. There's a design patent, and there's a utility patent, and both of them have two different functionalities. So a design patent just protects your design. A utility patent is an actual use, right? So it can be written vague and anything that falls under that description, regardless of what it looks like, it still is going to infringe on the utility of your patent. A design, if I had a design patent and this was circle and you came out with a square, you're not infringing. You changed the whole design. I have a patent on what, the, what it looks like. Mm. So based on the education that was told to me by a lawyer, I decided to go down the utility patent because I wanted to make sure that no matter what it looks like, that I am protected. Um, and then once you go down that path, then you have to do filing. And it just, it takes a while. It takes, I mean, close to two years to get a utility patent published. So you gotta have patience um, and you gotta have a good lawyer because it's, it's a lot of back and forth with the examiner. So you're gonna get, maybe after, I say like eight months or a year, you get an examiner assigned to you. And then there's, there's this like back and forth between your lawyer and the examiner telling you, oh, this is too vague or this is this can't be done or so forth. And I got a lot of back and forth because my patent, how it was initially written, was a tennis racket fell underneath it. 
But my lawyer was arguing, saying that there's never been any proof that a tennis racket can be used to twist your hair. No one's ever used it. So we could still be able to push this. So we had to change some lingo just to get it granted. Yeah. But when it did, I was protected. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, even from the patent standpoint, I'm looking at it like what qualifies as a tennis racket, it needs, it needs a handle. Correct. Right. So but also a tennis racket is for to play sports. Play sports and you're Correct. not doing that. Correct. And it's it's proof of concept. Right. So the examiner was saying, well, a tennis racket exists, so therefore you can use it to twist your hair, but a tennis racket was never intended to twist your hair. Right. Right. The utility for it was never to use to twist your hair. So you take my my comb and now all of a sudden you use it for a strainer or a cheese grater or whatever you want to use it for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not infringing yeah. on my patent because my patent is for hair. Yeah. It's a completely different utility. Very specific. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like, so like now you're protected. If somebody tries to make this design. Any, any, any shape that yeah. encloses a woven uh, material that is used to twist hair, you are infringing on my patent. We come from New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I know you got a great story about the city of New York. Yeah. We got a lot of salons. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Can you tell us what, about your trip to New York? Um, you know, I love I love New York. Um, but uh again, to any entrepreneur, you could probably relate to this. Uh it's your baby. This is my first thing that I've ever created from scratch and to see it get knocked off. Uh it started to affect me. And as a man, I couldn't just I couldn't look at myself in the uh, mirror and uh, I was having a conversation with Ace and uh, the, what's that name of that movie? Taken? Taken, yeah. Uh, well, the, I will find you. Yeah, you know, remember that speech when it's daughter? I will find you, yeah. I will hunt you and I will kill you. you know, there's a certain skills that you know when you're going to find you and like you don't want to, so like I went on a, I went on a mission, man. Um, I went to New York, was the first stop. Shout out to every single person from the bottom of my heart that DM'd the page told us like, hey, you know, here's knockoffs here, here's knockoffs here. And when I landed in New York, I just didn't know that you guys just have a, just so many beauty supply stores in one area. I thought I would be driving a lot, right? So when I got a location, I would go to that location and I'm like, yo, there's like 30 other beauty supplies. Let me just, <laughs> let me just walk into these and see if this store has it. Chances are maybe another 10% here has it. And yeah. I would just walk in and walk out and try to find it. Calmly have a conversation with the owners. Let them know, hey, I'm not after you. I'm just trying to figure out where this is coming from. I had to collect the evidence. And once I ended up collecting the evidence, I ended up, you know, suing four main distributors for a non-disclosed amount that we won. So you're pulling up on people. Yeah, I put, I put up on, um, I don't even know how many. Well, shout stores. out to the people out here in Cali, too, because there yeah. was some knockoffs um, down in my area, too, and people going to, to the store and. Hey, you know this store is coming, so he I gave think, me the papers and yeah, shout I think out to it was over a hundred yeah, stores, it was, bro. It was a lot. So you were in, in New York City, I, no, or just all overall, in, overall, like in New York, New Jersey, North and South Carolina, Virginia, Florida, Texas, Texas, Michigan, California. I went to over a hundred stores in three weeks. And you're handing out cease and desist letters, cease and desist, cease and desist letters, confiscating the knockoffs, letting them know what they're doing is violating um, a U.S. trademark law yeah. as well as a U.S. utility patent law. Feel free to contact your lawyers. Um, I am going to be starting the class action. Um, I don't want you to be involved. Just let me know where you got it from. So you, you had a class action lawsuit? I, I wanted to start one. Um, that was that was my my thing. I wanted to start like, yo, you're selling something that is, you're infringing on the United States trademark and patent. I wanted to start a class action, but I don't want to involve you guys. So to yeah. make this easier, so you don't get sued, I would just delist you guys. Just let me know where you got it from. So you're walking in the stores, 
handling cease and desist letters, hoping that everything bro. goes well. Smile. No, we got cops caught on me. Cops caught. That's what I'm thinking. How? I mean, you're in New York, so like you're taking things off the shelves. Like, yeah, I can't sell this anymore. <laughs> this obviously probably wasn't always a smooth process. No, man, we got we got cops caught on me. Uh, maybe like 10, 12 times. And it was, and the cops said, you know, you can either do it or you know you can face the law. And when the cops came, they still gave me the product because you're breaking the law. Like I'm not trying to be a bad person. Like mm-hmm. I, you did not know that you were breaking the law. You now know. Right. I can't knowingly leave here and let you still sell it because you're going to be breaking the law. You right. now are aware. So give me the product, sign this letter. You won't be sued, and let me know where you got it from. And so you find that part, that part out, right? You find out who's manufacturing, who's distributing. Now there's a lawsuit going towards them. What's the yes, next step? so that's the beauty part. And I want everyone to really understand this. A lot of people say that a patent pending does not protect you. And that's only like half truth because it does. So if I send you a letter and I say, hey, my product is pending and you continue to sell, you're not breaking any laws. Because it's not granted. Mm-hmm. But you have been informed that I have applied for a patent and it's pending. Mm-hmm. If it does get published, I can come after you for damages when that letter was sent to you while I was in the pending process. Because you were informed that there was an application and you may be breaking the law if it gets granted. You chose to roll the dice. So the beauty thing about it is that, again, have a great lawyer. Um, the distributors that were bringing it into the states... They all got cease and desist letters long before I did the tour, long before my my patent was pen, uh, was granted. So because I had evidence and it was dated, all of them had to pay. Where were these distributors? You said they into the states. Where were they coming from? Uh, just so how well, yeah. So how how the uh, beauty supply chain works is like redistributors, distributors, and beauty supply stores, right? So there's a a big guy that resells to like these distributors that sells to like the beauty supply stores. So all the knockoffs were coming from obviously Asia, you know, China and somewhere in Korea and they would just ship it out here. So you receive damages? Yes. Large sum? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a lot of people just think entrepreneurship is like this lime life and it's there's a lot of it's work. Well, that's, that's, that's part of it, too. And it's like, you know, you have to be able to understand the law. Yeah. You have to have a good lawyer. You have to, a you know. great lawyer. Can well, I give my lawyer a shout out? Yeah. What's his, what's uh, his name? John. John D. Tran, Patent Law Group. John D. Tran, shout out to you, man. I love you very much. Thank you for all you do. Where's he, where's he based out of? Uh, Irvine, California. Okay. Yeah. Um, Rima Law Group. R-H-E-M-A. He's going to get a lot of business from <laughs> So, but not, but that's, that's another, like, revenue stream, too. Like, I'm saying, yeah. like, you could potentially right, make a lot of money on that. So, it's like, for entrepreneurs, it's not just a matter of just loving your product and selling your product and marketing. Protect it. You got to protect it. You gotta and be willing to fight to for it. it. You got to be educated. You got to, that's all part of business as well. It's a lot that goes into business. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's a lot. Of, so, we, we, when did we start? What's the, the big moment? Obviously, we, we, we got the Shark Tank, but you guys were making money before Shark Tank. Yeah. So how do we start making money? Are we going to barbershops saying you got to test this out? Do we get a storefront? What are we doing? How are we getting into people's hands? Oh, man. Uh, again, I don't know. I just, I just got to give shout outs to people because I can't, I can't take full credit for this, right? I'm listening to uh, Gary, Gary V. And I'm trying to figure out my first year. We did 115,000 in sales, but we didn't make much in profit. What's the price point on on the actual 
uh, with taxes and shipping, it's twenty four ninety five straight to your house, and okay. you never have to replace it. Comes with a thirty day manufacturing warranty, and you know, yeah. you what call, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Yo, all day, bro. <laughs> Never got to replace it. One time by. Got to be ready at all times. All day. All day. That was an assist. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was trying to figure out, like, yo, I did a lot of traveling. I went to the East Coast a lot. And we did a lot of hair shows. And I was like, yo, this is a lot of work for a little bit of money. Like, I got I to gotta make a pivot. Yeah. And I'm listening to Gary Vee, and he says a thing that, like, yo, if you are an entrepreneur and you're not doing Facebook or Instagram marketing, you are creating career suicide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, let me, let me Google and YouTube how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I Googled on YouTube how to do this. And my first, my trial run was like one month. And then my first, at bat, my first two months, we did $300,000 in two months. Wow. Just doing Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook ads, Facebook, Instagram ads, bro. Just it blew, it blew the ceiling out of the water. And then China shut down. Everything was made in the United States except the wire mesh. It was coming from China. Um, and then China had a pollution and I couldn't get product for like two months. And I decided, you know, I want to go on Shark Tank. I want to see if I can actually get a deal and get the mentorship mm. and I got rejected. Not once. <laughs> Went back the second time, got rejected. Not twice. Went back the third time, got rejected. And then the fourth time when I showed up, I didn't even have to pitch because the person that was interviewing me, her coworker used my comb. And he knew exactly what it was. And he was like, you're going through. So what's the process to get on Shark Tank? And there's so much that, I, that we can't say. We're not allowed to talk about it. You sign a lot of like NDAs, NDAs yeah. of the process. But I would tell you this. Uh, I think there's like 50,000 people that apply and maybe like 800 get callbacks. And then out of that, maybe like 300 gets to actually pitch and it's not called the deal show. I thought this was like fully BS. Like, like I thought everyone that got a deal got the air, but like, no, that's not the case, bro. Like they have to air some people that don't get deals. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not guaranteed to air just because you have a deal. So even if you get a deal, you still might not get on television. Correct. Which, again, I thought it was just total BS. I'm like, yo, how, how are you going to have these, these people that are worth millions of dollars invest hundreds and thousands of dollars in a company and they don't get the publicity? But yeah. you have Shark Tank, which is a TV show, mm-hmm. and then you have the business side, which is two completely different Thanks. things. Yeah. So, so it, but wait, so you, so going on Shark Tank, um, you can talk about like the offer because that's public, right? Correct. So what, what was that for anybody that didn't watch your episode? Um, it was 225000 for 15%. Two hundred, a quarter million for fifteen percent of your company, and and that was Damon John and uh, Mark Cuban. That was the offer. That's not what I got. Yeah. yeah you gave <laughs> so it a bit what more. <laughs> what what ended up being negotiated was two hundred twenty five thousand for twenty five percent, twelve and a half to Damon, twelve and a half to Mark. Oh, you you wanted fifteen. They wanted. Yeah, I valued my company just over a million. They gave me an just I think nine hundred and something thousand valuation, but I wanted the mentorship. And again, I'm very big on culture. To get Damon, to get Mark. I couldn't. Yeah. You, you like went into it with that, those two in mind. That's all I wanted. Yeah. Because I knew Robert wasn't going to go with it because right. he wouldn't understand the product. I knew Lori may like it, but she wants things for the masses. And regardless, no bad beef, but like I believe you got to be able to have a conversation. Yeah. I don't feel like me and Mr. Wonderful will ever get along. So. <laughs> Damn, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just being honest. I want to come to you for a second because we spoke to him in a while. He was doing real estate. He was making six figures. But you worked for free. 
So I'm interested in seeing what you were doing during this time while you're not making any money from Twist mm-hmm. Up to say, you know what? I believe in my friend. I'm going to do this. I don't care what it takes. I love like, you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, like like job wise, what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh man, I was doing I was doing everything. Um, kind of just depends on the 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 month or the year. But I was coaching basketball. Um, I model on the side too. I was refing uh, basketball and football, and then I was working at the boys and girls club. So I was kind of just you know bouncing all over the place, really. Um, and then. The, the free part, you know, I never even really asked for no money. He just kept, he said, hey, man, you know, we after Shark Tank, you're going to get a pay raise. <laughs> but, you know, I, want, I mean, when you when you have a um, like an entrepreneurship, if you can have like somebody by your side that can, you know, d- do the dirty work and get, you know, anything that you need, you need that. It's kind of like a basketball team. You need that star player that's going to just get down and dirty, not care about the lights, not care about the fame and that's kind of how it happened. And then we just ended up here. Like I look up like four years later, I'm like, wow, like we went on shark tank. Like it don't even feel, it don't even feel like it. Cause I'm just here just for the, for the, um, you know, partnership and just cause that's my bro. So everybody um, has a part to play. It's like Ben Wallace, like, you know, yeah, he, made it, to, D. he made it to the hall of fame rebounds. Like, you know what I mean? Defense, Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, you know, everybody's not a scorer. Everybody's not going to be a superstar player, but you, uh, you need people to do different things to win Facts. a champ- to win a championship. Facts. Plus, man. when your mind is right, when you're doing it for the sake of you know you 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 really love your product or you believe in someone else's product that they're rocking with, like the the sky is the limit. But if you're doing it in a sense of we're gonna make X amount of money or we're gonna go on this TV show or we're gonna do this podcast, then you're probably in entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons. Facts. So, going back to the Shark Tank conversation, all right. You, you get the deal, a quarter million, 25% of your company. All right, now what happens the next day? Like, when do you actually start working with the guys? So this is why I feel like I think Mark really vibes with me because when I got it, right, well, we got the deal. They still have to do the due diligence, right? So they, they go through your – I don't know if anyone's ever been audited, but, like, I don't advise it. Like, it's <laughs> it's a it's a headache. They, they comb through, like, your financials to make sure what you said – what you represented was true. Oh, they can do the deal and still not do the deal? Correct. They have to do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. So it's just a handshake. So then they go and they take your, your 12-month trailing, you know, EBITDA, your P&Ls, your cash flow statements, and they come through it and they make sure that what you said was accurate before they, they give you that money. So after we shook hands and got the deal, the money didn't hit my account for like maybe six or seven months later. Mm. But when it hit my account, I like teared up because it's, it's real, right? I teared up for like about a day. And then the next day, I sent him an email. I was like, yo, like, I have an obligation to pay this back to you. Like, it's not, I haven't made it yet. There's no, like, whatever I need to do, like, the mentorship starts now. And we had the conversation. Damon and I had the conversation. We talked about the strategy. We figured out what we were going to do, how are we going to execute, and where are we going to spend the money, how much money is being allocated to marketing, which is very huge. Like, cost of acquisition is I don't care what product you're selling. It can be a very good product or it can be a horrible product. There's a lot of people that have great products that make no money. There's a lot of people that have horrible products that make a grip load of money. And it's, it's marketing. It's how are you going to get customers onto your, your product? How are people going to see you? And if you have the best product in the world and no eyes, you're not selling nothing. So what was your marketing strategy? Uh, it's got to figure out how to have that conversation with our, with our customers, right? So my demographic, depending where I'm selling, right? If it's 
barbers, if it's beauty supply stores, or if it's to the culture, I have to figure out what makes them click and buy. And for the culture, it was providing something that was funny, but also educational. And when I did that, my best performing ad year to date is me dressing up in a lab coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, With a sponge. Yeah, and explaining <laughs> the difference between a sponge and a hair comb, right? Yeah. And it does way better than any influencer. It does way better than any celebrity shout out. And it just works better. So that, that's me listening to my audience. They want to understand the difference. They want to be educated on the, on the process and they, they want it to be funny. And once I figured out that little snippet, I just kept pumping ass that were like that. And it just, skies was the limit. Providing the information. Yeah. So after the first year that you've now got the investment, how did the sales take off? Like, <laughs> oh. He had no life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, man I, was, that was, I was working. Yeah, we were working, man. Um, we couldn't keep up with the man. So Ace and myself and one of my other boys would be in the manufacturer after the manufacturer ran our units. And after hours to run more units because we just needed to keep up with demand. It was, it was insane. We went from three hundred and thirty thousand to like one point two mm. in in a year, like a three hundred x growth. And the next year, double that. And it just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And I'm just very grateful to have this experience and the mentorship. What, what was the process like of, of finding your manufacturer? I know you, you, that was early on, but. What, what was the process? Google like? and YouTube, man. There's a, there's YouTube a, University again. Yeah, man. There's a there's a there's a, a website that I found on Google called ThomasNet.com, um, and it's a manufacturer Craigslist. It's pretty much just operates like Craigslist, but it's for manufacturers. And you plug in the material, you plug in your zip code, and it spits out in a 30, 40 mile radius how many manufacturers are around you. And it turns out where I lived, I live in a manufacturer hub. Never knew this. Mm. Santa Ana, Tustin. It's like 40 different manufacturers out there. So it was literally like a drive and a skip to talk to these manufacturers. And I just interviewed about 10 to 15 of them, vibed with one. Um, and we figured out, they took the wheels. They figured out what they were going to do. And for me, my biggest thing is communication. Like, I don't, I mean, price point's important, but it's not, it's not the all ends. Like I have to be able to talk. I have to be able to like, when, when things go sideways, like I got to be able to get you on the phone and we need to have a conversation. I need to know why you didn't meet that deadline. And I need you to have an open and honest conversation with that. So as far as the mentorship, you know, what is it? Priceless. What is it like? Cause you know, obviously it's very rare to have a billionaire as a mentor, huh. a business partner. So what are some of the key gems, jewels that you have taken away from working with Mark? And what does that mentorship look like? Um, I mean, there's no secret sauce. He, he will always say just work ethic, right? Which I've, I've always had. But watching how he moves and no matter how much money he has, Mark stays humble. Like he, the fact that he still gets on the phone or on an email and has conversations with me outside of Twisted Up, about other venues, now that I have money, where to, where to park it, what to do. Like, what are you looking into? Like, it's, it's crazy. And the thing that I, I, I take away most from him, time is money. Like time, like he has all these companies, but yet he has like these people that you talk to that represent him to help solve these problems. And if you need him, he's always a phone call or email away. But like when you start to grow, you want to start to have your money start working for you, right? And when you're a billionaire, like you have so many businesses, right? You have so many revenues of income, like you want to make sure that you- You got to empower up. other people. Correct. Do different things to keep your time free. Correct. Like- Ace, 
Like there's there's no way that I could still do real estate and mortgages if I didn't have my boy Ace because Twisted Up would take up way too much of my time. Sending two, 300 orders a day, like how am I supposed to do that and then still argue with an underwriter? (laughs) (laughs) So is it just you two or is there a bigger team? So as far as that on an everyday operations, it's me, him, and then my CPA. And that is it, bro. That's it. The small the, team. The, the, yeah. big, the big three. The big three. And it's an online business, bro. You, you run like a $2 million operation. And it's, it's crazy. Because everything is automated. Yeah. Fulfillment center is automated, right? The wholesale, he takes care of that. Right? The orders that go out, he takes Instagram care of Instagram, too. Instagram. He runs the Instagram page. You, right? you, you keep product in, in the warehouse or it just goes from? Both. Both. So how we have it stepped out. Um, I mean, not to just break down the business, but there's a wholesale side. There's a retail distribution side, and then there's direct-to-consumer side. Direct-to-consumer side is all automated. It's all handled by some type of fulfillment center, depending on what location you're ordering from. Wholesale is a little bit more personal. Um, it's automated in-house. So he handles the, the brunt work of that. I handle the orders. I handle the sales. And then he packs it and ships it. Hmm. So scaling, what are, what are some goals for you moving forward and scaling and kind of you know taking it to the next level? Again, I would just say getting the word out, right? And understanding the customer and figuring out where the brand needs to go. Um, it's really sad, right? Not to get too deep in the subject, but like it's 2021, right? I believe two, what was it, two years ago? Three years for, ago? The guy that got uh, for the oh wrestling. Oh yeah, that was, that was two years ago. Yeah, like two years ago, a guy that was wrestling for a championship couldn't wrestle because he had to cut off his dreads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a there's a girl, um, a couple of African American women that lost their jobs because they refused to cut off their braids. Yep. And South Africa too, they had a girl that for a while I was like actually like doing research and like you know posting on a page to like spread awareness because I felt like that's our kind of like niche, like we you know we for the culture. So yeah, um, and it's that's, sad that like it wasn't until like 2018, like maybe a handful of states passed a hair discrimination law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but like I said, even in black countries, Jamaica, there was um, a case where. A kid got kicked out of school because he had dreadlocks. Um, South Africa, a girl had an afro, and she got kicked out of school for having an afro. So it's not even just in white countries, it's in black countries as well. And what I found out as I started traveling to the East Coast, especially with the women that choose to cut their hair and wear it short and wear the short and natural, um, there's a journey behind that. Like, they they start to have, like, this self-love discovery like and it's it kind of brings you like emotional right like it's it's they find who they are they accept who they are they love who they are and they're not going to change it for nobody and all of a sudden they have this newfound confidence and the same thing with guys and that's why i'm saying like what you guys are doing like this is why i just love like what eyl is doing there's you you are hosting a a show where you have people that look like us i have twisted hair my hair is natural and i'm out here making money, I'm a CEO, and you having people that, like, it's changing the narrative of what braids, cornrows, African-Americans, what that looks like, and what that means for us to make money. Like, it's, 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 it's an honor. It's, it's empowerment as well, because it's like, like you said, people, it's a way to keep people marginalized. Yeah. And to, it's kind of like another form of oppression, too, mm-hmm. supremacy, where it's like, in order to be beautiful, you have to have straight hair. Straight hair. Mm-hmm. In order to be professional, you have to have a low hit. 
Troy, I'm holding on for dear life, Troy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no option. Yeah, no option. Yo, listen, dictate the look before the look dictates you. You know the rules, man. But, Stop it. But, yeah. for, but for a long time, for, it was like. You got the Michael Jordan, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got grow a hair, so I grow a beard. You know? get, the hoop, get, get the hoop earring, bro. You be solid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for a long time, it's like for men, you, you have to have a fade, you have to have a low haircut, Correct. you know, in order to be, quote unquote, a professional. And Which when you think sad. about it, it's like, why can't you be a professional with, a with natural hair, with an afro, with twists, with dreadlocks, with braids? Like, what makes that unprofessional? Correct. And you're, you're dealing with a society where, outside of this culture, right, um, they can wear their hair however they choose to. I have one style, low, right? Until mm-hmm. this hairstyle came out, low, right? And again, as I started traveling to the East Coast, as a culture, our style gets appropriated, Right? Our, right, the way we talk, our music, all that. But the one thing that you can't appropriate, the one thing that you can't mimic is our hair. Because our hair is unique to they, us. They've tried it. Have you seen the video? Have you seen the video? I've seen a few videos. I the, saw that. The, the, the one in... Uh, with the waves. The, no, 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 no. The, the, uh, the Asian dude. Yeah, got he, his, well, he got, he got the waves. He it, got the waves. They, yeah. they even see your cornrows. Keep your scarecrows up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like, wake up in the morning, I'm going to go pin my hair on I mean, real but even quick. That, like, even <laughs> when Bo Derek um, had the, the braids, it just became, oh, it's so exotic. You know, but that was just braids. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like, whenever somebody... Of a different ethnicity does that now it just becomes such an amazing look but, but for us it's a necessity <laughs> it's how we wake up and go because without that the culture knows we have like you, an hour before maintenance sleep cute right put your head down you, <laughs> you mentioned the east coast what, what what do you mean by that you say you travel on the east coast there's not well, there's I not mean, that vibe on the west coast i mean back when the when i was using the tennis racket and using like the comb to twist my hair like this hairstyle wasn't really like up and coming on the West Coast like okay. that. So when I started the company full-fledged in 2017, like on the East Coast, this was huge. This style was, was yeah. big. And well, you'll see it like when they, in the comments, when people would talk like, oh, on the East Coast, like we've been doing that way before. Way before. The West Coast. West Coast get, catch things late sometimes, you know? <laughs> I had my hair like that once upon a time. <laughs> I think it was high school, Mike. Maybe. <laughs> but it was weird because when you had an afro, like you just had a again before the twisted up comb. If you had an afro, you would just pick it out. It wouldn't be messy because your mom wouldn't let you have it Correct. messy. Your mom would say, "Hey, I need you to pick your hair out." But now is that also switch right between the older generation and the younger generation? When the older generation still thinks that this is like a nappy, messy look is unprofessional, and the newer generation is saying, "No, like it's it's professional. This is this is who we are. This is how my hair looks." Yeah, it's it's a it's a broader conversation that we definitely have to have because it's like even when uh, Chris Rock did that documentary, Good Hair. Oh yeah, yeah. and um, you know it's like I said, it's billions of dollars that's spent, but then the psychological aspect, what to look like mm-hmm. psychological mm-hmm. aspect of it is, and people destroying themselves, putting chemicals in their hair, and all kinds of stuff where you don't even know that the long term effects of what you're doing to yourself, um, just to look a certain way. Facts, and black women have it the hardest, man. Yeah, they 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 have it the hardest, and it's it's sad. And I have a niece, and it's just to like see her reach for like the other doll with straight hair versus the doll that has the afro. Like it's it's like okay, like why? And it's just you just look at the television. You really just try to sit down and like program this, and you turn on the television. All the girls that are on television got straight hair. Yeah, are, are you do you market this to women also? I do. Um, it's it's another market that I'm getting into. Um, it's I I want to do it right. That's my thing. Like. Yeah. I don't want to disrespect them. Um, I want to do it right. I don't want to be the guy, the black guy that's speaking for women, yeah. right? I want to make sure that 
um, whoever I get to sponsor that side of the company, they do understand the journey. They do understand the self-empowerment, the movement that they're doing. Um, and like, God bless them, man. Like yeah. it's, I'm thinking now, cause like we went to curl fest, shout out to, to, to the team over at curl fest. I think this would be great. A lot of women have natural hair, short hair. They, they, they want to have the curls at the top. My, my sister-in-law has that haircut. So I'm just like, this would be great. Yes. And so, I even did a movie. Yeah. I yeah, forgot. yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I she think did. It was like Napoli Ever After or something yep, like that. Yep. Yeah, she did. It's not she did in a movie. Yeah, yeah. She cut her hair off and yeah. grew it back. The, the, they call it like the big chop. Yeah, yeah. the yeah, big yeah. chop. Are, do you have it's do tough. you have plans of taking this international, or do you already have an international? Football? Yeah, so we got we got um, some. Oh, oh, yo, you oh, can yeah. tell this story. Oh yeah, all right. Shout out to the <laughs> jumpers, man. Man, so uh, the the similar way, kind of how I jump with Noel, how he was doing this thing, and I'm helping him out. Like we would get. Tons of supporters on like IG all the, the time. Jumpers, that's your community. That's what you call them. I just anyone that has a vision and you jump, no question, no whatever. Like yo, I'm gonna ride with you. Like I, no matter, like ride or die. Like ride you or just, die. That's why I, I call my entrepreneur spirit. Like I have an idea. There's no like questioning if it's gonna work out. If it's not, what if this happens? What if that? I just you just jump. We okay. Just do it. So, so I, the um, the uh, a guy he actually is in New York. Leon, shout out Leon. He was just supporting us. He was like taking pictures of the the comb. He would um you know just just vouch for us. Say hey, I need some combs. You know he's taking it to his barber shop. And you know like a year here went by, and me and Leon have a relationship. And I'm telling Noel, hey, you need to look at this guy Leon. Like this dude, he's taking pictures for us and stuff. So not only was I employed, Noel ended up employing Leon as like our professional photographer to do. Um, you know, product shots and stuff like that. And then he's he on, took the comb to Guyana. He took the comb to Guyana and what? And he's from there and he got his own comb. So it's just like this, but it's green and on the cover it has his own face on it. Mm. But he took the comb there and started talking about entrepreneurship there, started putting it into the barbershops there. And I thought that was like a real thing because, you know, they say like Jeezy, I put on for my city. Yeah. Like he really, he pinned on for his country. So the fact that he jumped and was able to get a salary from this and able to, you know, go back home and teach people about entrepreneurship. Um, I think they, they have it in, there's this one store, they just built the store and like he was a partnership of that store. I forgot the name of the store, yeah. but he was a partnership of that store getting built and the combs are being sold out of that store. Cool. Yeah. So we, we're in Canada, we in Guyana um, and we are a little bit in Europe. Um, not as big. Um, I did a hair show out there by myself and, the market's massive. Where, where was the hair show at? Um, in the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, um, it's yeah. called like Afro Beauty or something like that oh, in the UK. Okay. Um, that was another story for another time, man. But I flew out there by myself. Um, you and like did, going places by yourself, man. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a jumper, bro. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, what's worse than not trying is regret. That's a Jordan quote. Yeah. I can accept not trying. I can accept failure. I can't accept I not can, trying. I cannot look back at 50 and be like, yo, I wish I would have done ABC. Like, yeah. I can accept losing everything i can accept failing like what you just said what hurts me the worst it's like when did you try your hardest it's like a game i can i'm okay losing the nba championship if i played it because i I tried i tried my best yeah it's nothing i can do but like if you like yo man i wish i would have practiced harder maybe i would have won how many times you get these opportunities right so going forward um do you have plans on expanding the team and hiring more people yeah, um, I, like I said, I, for the brand, I wanted to embody the journey, what the women are going through. I want the the twisted up to similar to what how Damon built his brand for us, by us, right? This is a product that allows our culture to twist their hair naturally that was made by one of their own 
And the more of us that wear our hair this way and the more of us that embrace just the natural look, you are changing the narrative of how you see the culture. You can have braids or cornrows and be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an entrepreneur, be a successful CEO. It doesn't mean that you're a gangster. It doesn't mean that you're a hoodlum. It doesn't mean that you come from the streets. Like, this is how our hair is wear naturally, and this is who we are. This is why I love your 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 podcast, man, your your story, your what you guys are doing. Like, your, your narrative, you are hosting a place where our culture comes on and they see people that look like us from all ages making money. Like, there's no excuse, man. <laughs> there is none. You can't use the excuse that I'm black and I can't be successful anymore. I know some have it harder than most. I understand that. But the Internet's the great equalizer, and I'm a firm believer in that. Like, if you have access to the Internet, you can change your life. All you need is Wi-Fi and a dream. That is a fact. Yeah. And you guys are living proof of it, bro. That you is guys, also you, a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are hosting a new story and with a new young person or an older person changing their life on the internet every single day. Every single day. Wall Street Trap came out of jail. Look at him. Came out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. Came out of prison, yo. <laughs> what are you mean? <laughs> That's a common theme with some of our entrepreneurs. Yeah. But that, I mean, it goes to show you. That's like, fact, dude, man. It doesn't matter where you start. It's about what you do with your time and how you finish. You can't you can't change the cards that were dealt to you, but you can definitely figure out how you're going to play them. How, how you can have the best hand with mm-hmm. what you dealt with. Facts. And it's about a community. And that's what you guys are building. And it's really dope, man. Like, I'm again, I'm very humble to be on this show. Like, you guys are. You know this officially makes you alumni. Yeah, go, bro, whatever. <laughs> just let, let it be, bro. I don't even want. I just give me, like, a small little, like, one <laughs> dirty right there. EYL twisted up, though. <laughs> Soon come. Real talk, man. It's, it's very powerful. Um, I'm not kidding. I hope you guys in the universe, I'm putting it out there. I hope you guys really win the Nobel Peace Prize for the culture, bro. Like, greatly appreciate it. You guys it. are changing it. I appreciate it's it. It's just the beginning, too. Like, yeah. sometimes people catch on to things later. You know how social media is. Sometimes one post will blow up and yeah. or somebody will blow up. But, like, you could blow up and have money or have followers. But if what you're doing ain't really genuine, the impact. it's, it's going to stop God. real quick. Yeah. You being, I'm telling you, impact. when I have kids, they're going to learn about y'all. <laughs> I'm being dead. And if no one's writing your biography, bro, get that done. I'm being dead, bro. Like, for real. Noel's traveling with us. <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. I appreciate nah, that's you, brothers, man. That's greatly appreciated and humbling. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you guys for coming in, man. I really appreciate it, man. What What would you like to tell the people? Um, how can they follow you? Social media, website, all of the above. Yeah, man. Uh, at Twisted Up. T-W-I-S-T-I-T-U-P is our Instagram. Twisted Up Comb is our Facebook. You can find the comb on Amazon or our website, twistedupcomb.com. Um, and for anyone that is an entrepreneur that wants to grab anything from this conversation, don't overthink it. Just jump. I'm a perfect example, man. Um, I didn't know anything about stocks. I jumped, made some money in it because of you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate <laughs> it. Watch Market Mondays. Yeah, man. I, I tune in, bro. It's, uh, it's, it's dope. And at the end of the day, like you can't be overwhelmed with what if, or when, it, when are you going to get yours? Yeah. Ace didn't get paid for a year. Now his rent, car, cell phone is paid for by the company. Like it's stay down mm-hmm. till you come up. Yeah, well, man. that's one thing we always talk about is uh, effort is worth more than currency. Oh, I top. You you put you put that effort in, everything else will follow. But trademarking yeah. that man, I see how you know, bro. I'm seeing yeah. how you nod in your head, bro. Don't take that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's it's efforts worth way more than currency, man. You can take a million dollars now and not have the education, but. 
you ever see a 30 for 30, that's why people go broke. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Like, honestly, ask yourself that question. You want a million bucks right now? Tomorrow you got it. What would you do with it? Go back to your habits. You spend it. Yeah. Not gonna Ain't nothing going to change. Gonna, nothing's going to change. And then in two years, you're going to ask for another million. When you don't know what to do, you do what you know. We just had that conversation. Facts. You <laughs> did. Facts. It's, it's uh, yeah. I was just stealing it because you're going to steal my quote. <laughs> just, sure. just so you know. <laughs> Facts, man. Um, no, you got anything bad. to tell them, man? Any, nah. any advice? Nah, man. Just... Just keep. I mean, it sounds cliche, but just just keep grinding, man. Just just keep hustling, and then if you feel like it's cliche, then living proof is the guys right in front of us, yourself, um, and it's other people out there. That's all. We all in the same boat. We all in the same struggle. But just keep your head up and just keep grinding. Facts. Appreciate y'all, gentlemen, man. Troy, housekeeping I'll, item. I'll do it for Noel since he he didn't say it. Oh, congratulations oh. on your engagement. Oh, thank oh, you very much, man. I, yeah, I'm a little bit extra. I'm over here just fronting oh, this, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought you was married. You were in the wing before you get married. Yeah, well, we got, wait. we got a two and a half year engagement because she's in school. So yeah. I'm just like, yo, I want to celebrate it too. So this is ours. I'm going uh, to apologize for him. <laughs> he was a little nervous. Yeah. So you might have forgot about oh, you it. Got, yeah. you got, that's an engagement ring? Yeah. I'm, I'm, bro, I'm being <laughs> Congrats. dead. Congrats. Yeah, I'm being dead, bro. Like uh, That's the first time I've ever seen that. I, I'm tell- I did not think I was going to get married. I mean, bro, I'm, being, I'm being dead, man. Like, I honestly did not think that I was ever going to get married. My, my family, my friends can attest to this, man. Like, I, I'm happy. Like, I'm a better executor when I'm single. Like, I'm, I'm happy. And then you think you're happy and you find someone, bro, that, like, keeps the peace and, like, it's what you need. Like, I'm still in that, like, happily ever after fairy fairy phase man shout out to uh my give me some my, love give me some love my, my fiance uh grace i love you so much thank you so much for all that you do um and i appreciate you wholeheartedly yeah grace i made sure you did uh, uh, it's a big moment it's called it the is. biggest show he almost forgot you yeah uh, but shout out to everybody on patreon edit that, edit that. <laughs> edit that out man shout yeah. out to everybody on patreon.com that is our proud to pay program shout out to all the earners there and shout out to all the earners in eyl university over ten thousand of y'all just taking the information and applying it and executing at a very high level so shout out to y'all and shout out to everybody that's been supporting the merch shout out to the entire merch team y'all are killing it uh yeah man love is love Yes, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.